0: Welcome to The Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi,
1: everyone, and we are back. And we are back with a great interview. We're talking now about what is it really like to be single in today's world? My guest is Joy Beth Smith, and her book is Party of One, Truth, Longing, and the Subtle Art of Singleness. Joy Beth Smith is a managing editor with Christianity Today and winner of the Evangelical Press Association's Higher Goals in Christian Journalism Award. She discusses outdated perspectives on singleness and inspires single ladies to get to let go of these lies and release the shame and fear of being single. And she talks to a lot of accomplished single women and women all over the country. Welcome, Joy Beth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, good. All right, so of, of all the research you did, Joy Beth, and talking to all these different people... What surprised you the most? What did you learn that you went really?
2: I think that um, I had a lot of discussions with women who were. Um, this was they they don't talk about singleness very much. Um, they they kind of just sit in it by themselves and it's something that they kind of bear um and they don't they don't feel like they can discuss it and so it was almost like liberating for them to discuss. I think they felt like a lot of shame about it. And so Realized. that was, I think that was surprising for me. Right. I know. Me too. Um, and so I, they talk about dating, um, but it, it was that distinction between dating and singleness um, and being able to just talk about singleness as a thing itself and the implications of it. Um, and, and I think that there, there's, there's a lot of freedom in that. And, and they, um, and they were being able to discuss it freely was kind of liberating for them.
1: Uh, Interesting. So what were some of the feelings that you heard? What were some of the themes that seemed to be recurring?
2: I definitely, and obviously this is in my subtitle for a reason, um, longing was a huge one that kept coming up. It's it's in my own life. I have a lot of longing that I experience, I think, in singleness and in my life. Um, And longing is a theme that came up. And I hosted a lot of roundtables, which was like anywhere from six to 12 women, um, and longing for a husband, longing for a family, you know, children, longing for um, kind of just a different plane that we expected ourselves to be on. Um, And that was something that kind of uh, was perpetually repeated. I think we also saw a lot of um, stability. and, And, you know, we, there's, um, there's like a fatigue that comes with having to be the only breadwinner and the only decision maker, and the only um, you get the flu mm-hmm. and you get sick mm-hmm. and you have to be the one mm-hmm. to get up in the middle of the night to clean it up yourself, you know. Um, and so, and you know, it's, 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 you like, know, when I
1: want to share on something that you just said. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I I went to the movie called i can only imagine and it's it's a christian themed movie you should probably see it it's terrific it's about a singer who had a very abusive background and became very very famous as a um as a christian singer and it's out now but the reason i'm telling you this is that after the movie i was talking to friends and i'm single and i would love to find my soulmate and they're they're together they're like soulmates And so I I looked at them, and I said, you know, I said, I want to find someone like him. And I said, because you get get tired of always comforting yourself. I said, at least with the two of you, if you're down, you know, he will encourage you. I have to do it. I have to talk to myself. I have to say, now listen, Patricia, it's going to be okay. And it's a little bit different from having somebody there really holding you.
2: It's totally different. And uh, my friends say that they know how upset I am based, based on how many times I have to tell myself it's fine. You know, like if it's just once, but exactly. I tell myself it's fine, then exactly, it's fine. Then it's an okay day. You know, but if I if I, if, it's, if it's fine is on repeat for me, like it's fine, Joe It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Then that's when it's like, oh, she's had a really bad day, <laughs> um, because I'm having to do like a really big pep talk. <laughs> but when is when you're the only one having to give it to yourself then, you know, you have to do what you have to do. And, and it gets really exhausting sometimes. So what, um, how do you keep
1: that vision alive, Joy Beth? How do you keep that hope and that vision alive when
2: maybe you don't see it in front of you? I think that part of it comes in, um, I I think that one of the things that I, and, and the girls in, my, in the round table and I kind of came to a point of, of needing to be okay with was, being able to sit in the longing and the struggle. Um, I think that that's one thing that people don't really give us permission to do. Um, and and usually it's like when we when we talk about wanting to be married or when we talk about uh, really struggling with, with singleness or, or with, you know, the feelings of frustration or, or decision fatigue or whatever it is, um, it's usually kind of brushed aside, like, oh, he'll come along, or, oh, you know, I, I, as soon as you stop looking, you know, he's going to show up. Yeah, and I hear that all the time.
1: I hear that all the time. Uh As soon as you stop looking, yeah.
2: Man. And that's just not true. You know, I mean, it might, he might, but also like, I, I don't know how I'll ever stop looking. Like I'm all, I, I'm kind of like always going to be looking. That's just kind of who I am. I, I'm like, you. Yeah, I mean, I really want to, I, I want to fall in love. I, I want a husband. Um, I have a friend she, who I interviewed for the book. She's 45 and she was like, I've, I've tried to stop looking for 20 years and it just hasn't worked yet, you know? Um, and so it's just sort of like, there's, I don't, I don't know how to get in that mindset. And so, that advice is just kind of trite and, and it's really hard and so I think that there's a place to for us to be able to sit in the longing um and to be okay with it and to kind of come to come to terms that that longing serves a purpose in and of itself um but it doesn't have to be like how do you overcome the longing and I'm like well maybe that longing is actually okay too um maybe that struggle is actually okay to have in our lives um and that it's doing something good in and of itself. So I think that's, that was like a really important lesson that I'm kind of continually working through is that there's something good to be served just in like sitting in the longing. So that's, that was one thing um, that came out of the, the round tables so that the, that the women and I had kind of worked our way through. Um, and then we're also, what else
1: are we looking at?: Well, in your book, you have 17 things that you should stop waiting to do until you're married or in a serious relationship, talk about those.
2: Right, I, that's that's actually one of my huge soapboxes, is that I see a lot of my friends, so I'm turning 30, and uh, so all, we're celebrating big 30s this year, like all my friends are turning 30, and it's kind of this realization, I think, for many of us, I mean, many of us are still single, and, you know, have PhDs, or master's degrees, or, you know, are really accelerating in our career, and um, and yet we're still, like, maybe living in houses without paintings even hung on the walls, or we are in a place where we could buy a house, but we're too- choosing not to because we're scared to death that maybe a husband will come along and he won't like the house we bought, you know? Um, And so it's this kind of place where we're like, I am so eager for us to stop looking at singleness as a holding pattern before marriage. Uh, We, you know, if you really love those dishes and you don't know if your husband, your potential husband maybe one day won't like them, you should still get those dishes today. And if you are loving this house and you hate wasting money on renting, then you should go and buy that cute little house. Because I hate the idea that we are just waiting for something that may or may not ever come when you could still be, like, investing in the life that you have right now. And maybe that's through buying things or maybe it's through doing a lot of, like, really intense therapy or maybe it's through yeah. like going to yeah. Cancun with your girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very true. I think...
1: I remember, I mean, I'm a different generation, I'm a boomer, but I remember hearing, you know, from, particularly from my mother, she'd say, well, wait, wait until you're, you know, wait till you're settled, wait till you, and one day I woke up and I said, what am I waiting for? You know, why do I keep waiting? And I think, I
2: think that was the thinking, particularly then. And My mom's the same way. She is really funny because it's sort of like, I, um, I really want to go to Acapulco, that's where my parents took their honeymoon, and she's like, I think it'll make such a great honeymoon spot, and I'm like, but mom, like... I want to go now, you know, like yeah. I really, yeah. I, I kind yeah. of want to, what, what yeah. if I never get married and then I never get to go? A, what What a tragedy it would be to keep putting off these things in the hopes of what if, and then I've waited my whole life and I'm 45 or 55 or 65 and I don't have nice dishes, and I've never yeah. lived in a house I've owned and I've never yeah. visited these places and I've never built a community that's worth having. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, I mean, these are things that what what you're saying in, in the book
2: is live your life. That's what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. And, and I understand, and it's not in a way that denigrates the value of marriage or to people who don't want to be married. I I mean, you know, obviously if you don't want to be married, then you should be living your life anyway. But this, my message really is to women like me who want to be married and who are, you know, who are kind of in that waiting in the middle. Like I I just kind of, I'm trying to wait on a man and trying to figure out what I'm doing until then. And it's like, I I understand that that's what we want. I understand that you kind of feel like you're living this, this B life and what you want is the A life but you know you can still have an A life like you aren't this isn't a, a second rate life that you're reduced to because you don't have this thing that you want and I think that it's mm-hmm. made worse when we attach things to marriage that don't have to be attached to marriage like mm. dishes and vacations and deep community you know um, we, we kind of attach these other things to it that don't necessarily come with the marriage package um, but we, we kind of think that they do like, oh, I can't, I can't take that vacation, but you can. And yeah. would it be better with a husband? I mean, maybe, but you don't have a husband, so you should take it anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so important. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Joy Beth Smith about her book, Party of One, Tooth Longing, and the Subtle Art of singleness. And again, um, Beth uh, Joy Beth Smith is a managing editor with Christianity Today and winner of the Evangelical Press Association's Higher Goals in Christian Journalism Award. And uh, she's been published in the New York Times and Washington Post and many others. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice will be right back.
0: Talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There are so many ways to get your message out into the world. Why wouldn't you use as many media outlets as possible to promote your book, your business, or your brand? So how will you do it? Where will you start? I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gospicchio. Join us every week on Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. We'll show you how to get the media attention you and your brand deserve. Listen every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Voice America Variety.
2: Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and
1: we are back. We are talking about being single with... Joy Beth Smith. Her book is Party of One, Truth, Longing, and the Subtle Art of Singleness. Joy Beth Smith is a managing editor with Christianity Today, and she is the winner of the Evangelical Press Association's Higher Goals in Christian Journalism Award, and she's been published in the New York Times and Washington Post. And she is writing this book. She's talked to lots of women, ages like 20 to 45, and giving us a lot of information. Welcome back Joy Beth.
2: Thank you so much.
1: All right what about well I'm going to ask you about sex but I think I'm going to ask you about online dating first. What about online dating? What do you think?
2: Yeah it's it, it is such a um, horrible wonderful thing for so many people. I have had friends who I was just in a wedding this past summer of a will of a dear friend of mine who met her husband on coffee meets bagel, which is one of the newer apps. Um, and they're tremendously happy. And I have been online dating since I was 19. So for over a decade and have had, um, little to no success as I'm still single. So it is, um, I think that online dating presents this trap of, um, False intimacy, where 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 you can develop false intimacy before you meet, uh, where you dive in headfirst and you do the hot and heavy thing, um, and then you meet and it's like, oh, this is this is nothing of what I expected this other person to be like, either physically or the chemistry's not there. And chemistry's such a crazy word, right? Because we use it to cover like a multitude of, of things, um, but it's it's such a it's such a this, Online dating is this crazy thing. And we have no idea. And I think especially, um, I, I'm an overweight woman. And so I actually wrote this article for The Washington Post about the the trap of dating as an overweight woman because, and I think online dating makes it worse because you, you've had to compensate your, basically your whole life with your personality. And so online dating feels safer because I can lead with my personality and it feels like it's going really well. But you know that meeting in person is so much riskier because it's like, did I do enough with my personality, leading with my personality to compensate for what they're going to, see when they meet me in uh, in person, you know? Um, and I've had people who've said like really horrible things, like, you know, you look nothing like your pictures or, um, one guy was even bold enough to be like, don't you feel like it's a little deceitful to have the pictures that you do and, and then to meet someone, um, because pe- men are, are kind of really mean sometimes. But I think that it's, uh, it's a really hard thing. Line because you want to put up flattering pictures, but you also don't want to be deceitful, you know? So it's, yeah. it's really difficult. So
1: let's say that you, are, you do online dating and you meet somebody you really like and you start having a relationship. What, what are you hearing about
2: sex, basically? Yeah, I think that sex is such a... Um, it's, a, it's a complicated it is and it's attaching <laughs> it's attaching and,
1: and I will tell you I will tell you that I've interviewed some, many dating experts and authors on these books and they pretty much all say the same thing that you want to wait to have intimacy or you know, really intimacy um, to a large degree until you're in a committed relationship I mean, I know some people would say marriage, but that's usually what they say, because they feel that you get too attached too quickly, and it clouds
2: the issue. What do you think? Right. And I was writing my book from a, um, from a more conservative perspective, and so most of the women were from that camp as well, um, and... Any, any experience that they had that deviated from that, whether it was one night stands or whether it was, um, you know, a boyfriend where they got involved sexually, um, much earlier in the relationship, you know, they had sex on the first or second date and then it, and then they kept seeing each other. Um, they, they talked about how they regretted that decision. Um, and so that, and it's because it does, it does cloud something. And I think there are statistics statistics that talk about how um sexual activity is like going down you know in in the millennial generation and in the generation younger than that younger than ours mine I guess not ours (laughs) um Mm. but it (laughs) but it is interesting um that there's there I, I feel like we're kind of hitting a curve you know where it's like we've we're kind of almost like seeing the error of our ways or like realizing what's not working and we're like oh this is this is uh this is counterproductive to what we actually want. And so we're, we're curbing just a little and, and trying to wean off of it because it's, we're realizing that it's just kind of um, not producing the results that we want.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But I also think that so, there's something more, more complicated than just sex involved. You know, like there's, there's, there are so many layers to just sex, you know, there's, there's sex scene. And then, then, then there's also um, the interplay of, of, the idea of like male female relationships and, and just the sexuality, um, and I think that all of that comes into play, especially when you as you get older and these things get more complicated. And it's like having to tease all of that out is so difficult sometimes.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's that's important. What are the things that um, the women you've talked to have said are working for them? You know, that have given them success.
2: In being single. Um, in being single. Um, I think that having a strong community, because you I, I don't think that you can be a very successful single person alone. You can't, you can't be single single. Um, so I think that you have to have a strong community of people that you can call on, whether it's to help you move, whether it's when you get the flu, to bring you, you know, um, a shamrock shake, if that's what you need. Uh, you need to have... A community of people who are supporting you. That was one of the things I continually saw of people who were managing their singleness really well. Um, I think that you also, there was a kind of a, um, a, a focus, whether it was a boxing class or a job that they really loved or Travel. Um, these these were women who had things in their life that they were pouring themselves into. Um, in, in whether these were women who w- wanted to be married and had a thing, and women who didn't want to be married and still had a full life that was, um, you know, maxed out. And so I think that they, you know, had dedicated themselves to different kind of projects and people, um, and that was really important to them. And I think that there was also oh physical contact, um, repeatedly for women who were really kind of dissatisfied. Um, they, they mentioned how they were really starved physically. Um, especially the ones who, who didn't have a lot of success in dating. And, and I thought that that was a really interesting kind of motif that I saw where they mentioned, like, I haven't been hugged in, and they could name it, whether it was like six weeks or, you know, a certain number of days or something. And, you know, especially if they don't have family in the area and they aren't dating someone, it would make sense that they hadn't, they had gone so long without physical contact to another person because that's just kind of the way our culture is set up. And so whether it's through a dog or through family or through maybe um, like having children in your life that you can spend time with, um, that physical contact is actually like really important for, for good health. You know, there are studies that talk about how important physical contact with people is. Um, so having, having physical contact is, is really vital to health. And, what, and it
1: could be massage, right? I mean, it could be body work. Absolutely. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, all right, we're coming to the close. What would you like people to get from this interview today? Oh, man. I
2: think that um, there are lots of people who feel like their life doesn't fit the mold that they would like it to or that society would expect it to. And whether that's the single woman who thought she would be married or the woman who thinks that she should have a certain job or the man who thought that he should be the breadwinner for the family, um, a friend of mine can't work and so she's disabled and so she can't have, a, you know, um, even do the kind of work that she thinks that she should based on society. And, and so I think that there's um, one of the things that this book and this process has taught me is that there's an inherent value to people. Um, And that we should constantly be striving to underscore that. And it's not based on how we conform to society's expectations or how we conform to this path that we thought we should be on. Um, But it's just because we're people and because we're all deserving of love and respect and honor and value and worth. All right. Um, So
1: that's what I say. All right, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Joy Beth, for being on the program. It was great. The book is The Party of One, Truth, Longing, and Subtle Art of Singleness. And quickly, I've got to go, but what's the website? Uh, joybethsmith.com All right, thanks so much. All right, folks, so that wraps up this edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Remember, like me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin Raskin Resources, or write me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com, and I'll put you on my newsletter list. Until next
0: time, have a great week. Bye for now.